Welcome to the Her Influence Podcast, calling women to rise in purpose and influence in your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts. The Her Influence Podcast is created on behalf of Gather Women by women in Canada for women everywhere to rise in their leadership influence wherever they are planted. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, here are your hosts, Kathy Ostapchuk, Vanessa Hoyes, and Caitlin Say. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Her Influence podcast. I'm Kathy Ostapchuk, one of the co-hosts, and it's just been a great thrill to be tracking with you this season and sort of laying the foundation with all of the women that we've had on the podcast so far uh, around understandings of what leadership is, what influence is, and really drawing from each woman how unique the journey is. We have an interview today with one of my friends, Monica Prescott, and she is a fireball. She's amazing in person. If ever you can get out to Leduc, Alberta and hear this woman preach, you will be changed for life. I swear. She's that amazing. Monica Prescott founded City Life Church with her husband, Mike Prescott, in 1992. 27 years later, the church is growing and thriving, and it's also just launched a second location in Edmonton. They say that women can't have it all, but Monica has actually done it. She's not only a great pastor and leader, but a fabulous wife and mother. Just ask her family. Though Monica is a very gifted speaker and artist, her true success comes from her passion to unlock the destiny inside every person she touches. She has a brilliant mind and she's known for her outside of the box thinking. Her heart beats for the local church and she's always on the edge of what God is doing. Monica is continually growing and pursuing excellence and her life is truly spent for the glory of God. And this woman is such a dynamo that when her and I were in California last year, um, she was hanging out with Christine Kane and I was there to take in some of the ministry day. And Christine Kane said about Monica, wow, she is the best kept secret in Canada. And we need to let this girl outside of the box. The words, bold words, would definitely describe Monica. Whenever I've heard her preach and teach, she has ministered right to the middle of my soul because she doesn't back down from anything. She says it like it is, and she preaches the truth, really, every time I've heard her. So when you listen to her, I think you'll notice that you might be expecting her to be saying what leadership is. That is actually the opposite of what she does say, which is servanthood. And she reminds us all that the best way to figure out what's inside you is really in the context of a local church, because that is a community that can call it out of you. So I want to leave you to listen to this podcast. I won't tell you any more and we'll chat later. And I hope you enjoy. Well, hi, everyone. It's Kathy Ostachuk, one of the co-hosts of the Her Influence podcast, and really excited to be with you today. And we love having conversations about things that matter to those of you who are listening. And we grapple a lot with this word leadership because not all of us as women feel comfortable necessarily with that word. And so we also use the word um, influence. And for some of you that may have been listening um, all along or are sort of wondering what this is about 
for yourself, if you are a leader, or if you're not a leader, wherever you started, you may have found yourself in a place where, okay, I do want to have influence. I do want to lead, but what do I need? Like, what do I actually need to do this? And so Monica, I guess I'd like to ask you that question just to open us up. Like, what do you need to influence? You know, I think one of the biggest things when it comes to influence, um, especially influence that might be different than how our world would typically describe it. I think the biggest thing with influence is simply having, I call it like an others first or a a servant focus, because really influence isn't about, you know, me and what I want to do or try to get done or what I, you know, what I think should be done. But it's really our influence is to help others. It's to, it's to be able to make things happen for others or make things possible for others or help unlock potential that we see in others. And so I think the biggest thing when it comes to influence is, is not for, um, not it's, it's not something about us, but it's more, how can I, how can I use whatever I've got to be able to help others? So I think that's kind of like the a, a great starting point for any. And I think when you've got that um, perspective, I think there's all sorts of ways that we all have influence. And, you know, I think the most simple definition of influence, John Maxwell, the leadership guru, describes it, uh, you know, it's influences when, you know, you're using leadership as influence and, you know, influences when others are following you. But I think... Um, I think really what it comes down to is the influence Jesus modeled was servant influence and it was about putting others first. Yeah, absolutely. And he called his followers to yeah. him initially, right? Yeah. And they came and left sort of depending on if they were in agreement with what he was saying or not. Yeah. yeah. So you brought up an interesting term like leadership happens when people are following you. Yeah. And so how do you get people to follow you? <laughs> I think, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, that's an interesting question. I think, um, I guess my own personal experience hasn't been so much, I want to get people to follow me. I'm, I'm more so looking, it's like, how can I get, how, God, what is it you're wanting to do? And how does that connect to people and how can I get them connected to, to, to God, to his purpose, to Christ in such a way that will help, help them fulfill what not just who they are as individuals, but help us all fulfill God's bigger plan. I think there's there's a lot of emphasis in our world, and I think even in the church world, where it's so individual focused, where really it's not about us finding our purpose and our plan. It's about how we fit into God's plan. And I think having that under, trying to figure that out and bringing other people into that whole dynamic of how can we fulfill the purpose of God for us here on earth, I think that's I think that's a big part of it, but I think confidence is attractive. I think when it comes to leadership or, or influence where it starts, it's having that confidence and confidence in who you are and knowing who you're not and not trying to be somebody else because I think people can, you know, they pick up on when people aren't genuine or when they're fake or they're trying to put on this persona that isn't real. But I really think there's that aspect of confidence is is really attractive and that power to, to influence. And, um, you might, you know, I mean, even as kids, you know, when, when you, you know, if you had siblings, you know, there was often, I had 
two younger siblings and it was always, you know, mom said, you know, when you use somebody else's voice or use somebody else's words, there's, you know, somebody said, and there's, there's that confidence and, you know, they're going to do what mom says, not because I say anything, but I think there's that aspect of confidence that, that is attracted to people. And when we recognize it's not just our own voice, but we're actually representing, we're representing Christ. We're, we're God's voice to help bring other people into the story of what God is doing on the earth through his people. And we're all part of that story in some way. And I think that's a, 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 a place to start when it comes to getting people to, to follow you. I don't know that I've ever even thought that I want people to follow me because I think there's something. So I don't, I just want them, let's, let's together get in, get in together with what God's doing in his story here on the planet. Yeah, I love that because countercultural to what most people think is leadership is like, I need to build a platform, I need more followers, you know, whether yes. it's social media or in the yes. seats, and that yes. determines my success as a leader. But wow. you're, I love that you're pointing us to that bigger narrative that we're actually wanting people to be following Christ, right? We're wanting to, you know, be a conduit for them to become disciples. And I love the fact that you also said, we actually don't just represent ourselves. We represent, you know, the voice of the father. Mm -hmm. I remember when Anne Graham Lotz was in town years ago, uh, I co-chaired the Just Give Me Jesus revival. Mm -hmm. And she's quite an intimidating leader. (laughs) And I wasn't at the time. I was still (laughs) in the process of self-defining. Who am I? Right. here. Why, Why am I chosen for this job? But by the time she came and left, I found myself having her mannerisms and talking like her and using my hands and positioning myself like that because she was someone that I, I just thought, Jit, like if she's a leader and she is that compelling, she has that much confidence. Maybe if I'm more like her, that will rub off. So. And I think we kind of start out that way. I think as young leaders, you know, anybody that's watching as a young leader, I think, I think it's, I think there's an aspect of it that might be okay. Not that we're intentionally trying to copy, but it's almost like, you know, when you're teaching your kids how to, how to write or how to draw, like you use, you hold their hand and you're helping them form the letters to get it right. And I think sometimes we kind of put on other leaders, like in a way to try to find our find our fit or find our voice. And, and it's not like you always want to be like that. It's not like you want to be fake, but I think there is something that it's a way to practice. I mean, I think as kids, we naturally, there's something a lot of times about a parent or somebody that we admire that we end up taking on mannerisms. And I don't think it's ever really too intentional because I think there's a lot of leadership and influence that is caught. Like it's something that we, you know, you pick up, um, but it rubs off on people like you rub off on people. And, and, and when we're around people, we kind of pick up mannerisms of people that we're around a lot or that we, we admire. And I don't think it's even conscious, like I'm going to copy how they stand or I'm going to copy how they say these words or whatever. But I think it's just a natural thing that influence rubs off in a lot of intangible ways. I think that's, I would say. Yeah. And that's powerful. That means that that opportunity to influence is actually available to anybody. Exactly. We all have the, you know, we all have the opportunity to influence somebody else just by our words, our thoughts and mannerisms, yeah. what we say, what we don't say. Exactly. And it's, and it's so interesting because I've heard you preach and I've heard you say some pretty interesting things, <laughs> but you're not scared to use your bold words. And that's one of the things we are defining this podcast um, with are those two words, bold words. And so you talked also about the word confidence. And so where have you gotten the confidence or the opportunities to practice kind of influencing others? And where has that come from? 
you know what it was leadership was never like in terms of leadership from a platform or even doing what i'm doing i was never this type of person when i was younger at all like i think um i was the type of person when it came to speaking in front of a crowd i would get nauseous like even reading an oral book report in school it was the worst day of my life it would be you know sweating bullets i'd be literally like ready to vomit and trying to figure out any other way and i'm just i'm not even having a conversation i'm like reading a paper word for word I don't even have to look at it. And it was terrible. And so for me, the transition came. And I mean, without sounding like a super spiritual or Jesus is always that, but it actually was when God transformed my heart. And when I actually made that decision to say yes to Jesus and, and it was a transformation. And I can honestly say that, um, you know, anything that would be, um, anything of leadership, anything that would be, um, that would come across as a strength or something that would look like a gifting in me. I know it's, it's actually not me. It's just, it's, it's the power of God and it's God that's transformed me. And I think, I think that dynamic of, you know, the presence of God is one of those um, intangibles that goes with influence and leadership that it's, you know, when you've been, and I'm not saying this to make myself sound like I'm some super spiritual person, but it's only recognizing that who I am is in Christ. And that's, I think, what's given me the greatest confidence that it's not, I'm trying to build this person moniker. I'm trying to just lean into my own abilities or my own gifts or my strengths. But I recognize it's like, God, this is I'm just, I'm leaning into you, Holy Spirit. I'm leaning into you today. And it's, and it's who you've made me to be is that's what I want to walk out. And that's what I want to live from is that place of, um, that, that opportunity. I mean, when it comes to some, the practical and natural things, I mean, others had given me the opportunity and saw something in me that I didn't see. And I had leaders and I had pastors speaking into me, Hey, I see this in you. You're going to go do this. And a lot of times there wasn't an option. It's like, you're going to do this. <laughs> And it's like, you're going to get up and share your story. You're going to get up and, you know, tell this, you're going to preach this five minute message. It's like, I, it wasn't like really, you know, do you want to? It's like, you're going to do this. And I think sometimes, I think just that confidence from others and um, it brought confidence to me. And it, it wasn't like I was, it was funny sometimes it was like, you don't really have a choice in this. I really want you to do this. You need to do this. And I think that gave me a confidence. And I think sometimes when it comes to us as leaders with others, I think maybe sometimes we're kind of too easy. We're like, well, would you like to? And maybe you could. And, and I think that kind of wishy-washy um, kind of, well, we don't want to put pressure on people. I think that actually erodes any kind of confidence that we could speak into people and help draw out what they know we're confident in them that you can do this and I need you to do this. I think that can transfer confidence to others. hope that makes sense. It does make sense. So confidence that you know it's not in and of yourself, but God's power in you. Yes. Signed you with gifts and he's using them, but also the confidence that comes from other people placing, you know, placing their confidence in you and believing in you. And that's, and that's really, you know, what so many of us don't have the opportunity to receive a, because we're scared to ask for it, or maybe we're not in an environment that champions, you know, what we have. So let's say, you know, we've, we've decided, okay, we do want to be uh, women who influence, like we're right. kind of starting to make this journey from, I'm not a leader. I don't have influence to, I recognize, I'm finally realizing I actually do. And God has given me everything I need to do it. And I can rely on him. Other people are affirming that I may have some gifts in this direction. Share a little bit about your personal story 
basically how you landed up being the lead pastor of <laughs> City Church in Duke and City Life, City Church. Uh, and, you know what? It's, yeah. it's pastor. I mean, I grew up in a pastor's home. I've been in church my whole life, but pastoring was absolutely, absolutely nothing I ever had envisioned for myself and okay. ended up in Bible school. I met my husband. We decided to get married and um, it would have been about five months before our wedding. Our, our lead pastor called us into his office. We were both in Bible school at the time and he said, we know you guys are getting married in you know, the coming year and we want to send you out to plant a church. And my husband was excited and I cried for three days. I thought it was like a, you know, we, we want to promote you out of the church. You know, we want to get you out here. We're going to send you somewhere else. And, um, and it took me a while to really get, I mean, I knew that eventually, um, Mike and I had planned to get married and we knew ministry as our career was in somewhere down the road. We just didn't think it was going to be five months. We were thinking like 10 years. And we had literally an hour before that meeting, we had sat down and written out our one year, three year, five year goals and our 10 year goals. And honestly, church planting wasn't in until the five or 10 year goals. Well, God sped that up by, you know, several years. And, and so we, um, we had um, our first, we looked for a dip, couple different towns and locations, and we ended up here in, in, in Leduc where we're at. And um, we got, um, we had our first meeting in Leduc. We graduated from Bible school, and we got married all within three weeks. And actually, this coming Sunday, May 19th, is our 27th year, kind of like the start, like the first day we started, you know, had the meeting here in Leduc. Wow. But, you know, so it's always been, um, we've always co-led together. But it was probably about maybe 15 years ago, maybe even longer than that, is where my husband really felt he had started, he'd always been working part-time in business, but he really, and he was tr leading the church, and so we were both leading, but he had more of the hands-on, the typical lead pastor role, and, and, but business was really starting to grow, and he was actually feeling more the passion to, to build business and build in that arena. He said, I want to be able to, to build um, in this way for God's kingdom. And so, and, and it was kind of an awkward transition for a while. And, and so we met with some other pastors who we really valued their input and their, their um, voice into our life. And, and, and they were the ones that were like, well, Monica, why don't you step in and take on the role of, you know, the things that Mike's doing, the typical lead pastor role. And, and it kind of been something that had been stirring in my own heart, but it's one of those things you don't want to just say, well, this is what I feel I should be doing. Like I've never operated that way. I just, you know, that's not who I am. And so, but it was their, their encouragement and their voice that really kind of directed that transition. And so my role would be the typical, what, you know, a lead pastor, the, the daily manage the ins and outs of um, daily church life and leading and the platform and mapping out, you know, this is where we're going. Mike and I are very, he's still very much considered we're both lead pastors and his role is in different areas in the church. And um, so, yeah, it was something that was an interesting dynamic and um, it works for us. Some couples it doesn't work for, it works for us, but it's been an interesting role to navigate. And, you know, he's very, my husband is one of the greatest encouragers and champions of women and, 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 um, he, it, you know, if you ask him, he doesn't see a difference. It's like, well, whether I'm doing it or you do, you're doing it, there's not a difference here. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really great having not just his support, but his, mm -hmm. his 
his encouragement and his champion is like, you're going to do this and you can do this. And, and really even backing me in, you know, when it comes to decisions and things where we're going as a church. So, yeah. And what I find, find refreshing about that is because we're talking about two heavily weighted words, authority and power. And people think that to lead in a position you're in, um, where you didn't intend to go, but here you are, that you would have to use it in a way that, um, was maybe intimidating. And so the beauty about your story is that you landed here, obviously by God's design, yeah. but to hear you speak, to hear you talk, you just want to serve people and help them get get into the story. <laughs> yes. And that's how you, these two heavily, heavily weighted words, you are taking them and saying they're actually light things to carry and there's a way to use them and model them that is so healthy. Right. I, I think, you know, with, um, you know, with regards to oh, the, you know, with what, what God's wanting to do, I think there's a, there's a time and a place where it's, we're always looking for opportunities to God, how can I make a difference in this world? And how can I make a difference in, 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 in I, for me, it's, it's building the house of God. Cause I think the church is the local church is God's greatest. Um, it's his, it's his vehicle in on the planet. And, and I think there's, there's that dynamic of, you know, if we just, if we have that passion, God, I want your heart. I think God can direct that. I think, and it's not just so much our ideas and our visions, but it's God, what is your heart? And how does this, how does this play out today? How does it play out in the long run? Yeah, that's beautiful. So what would you say to uh, those listening that perhaps they've never desired to be a pastor, they want to be part of God's kingdom, obviously, and involved in their local church, but they've got this whisper from God that he's put confidence in them and is calling them to somebody, something. And also other people are saying, it might be you that could step into this. I know when I had the opportunity to step into Just Give Me Jesus, um, it was definitely my only one and only experience in life where the voice of God came clearly. And I was reading a book by Henry Blackaby, a little book that said, um, will you step outside your area that you're in now and receive God's invitation to service kingdom? And I said, yes, I will. But most of the other people said, is it really you? Like, are you sure that's you? And, but enough people said, I see it. It feels right. It sounds right. So let's say there's somebody out there that is sensing this call that sense, you know, I I do want to have leadership. I want to be intentional. It may not be pastoring a church, but there's something. What would you say to them? Uh, for me, and, and this isn't just because I'm a pastor, I actually don't have any other context, but for me, everything, everything that, um, I think everything that is going to be worthwhile in, in, in facilitating God's kingdom being established on earth, it's got to be connected to the local church. For me, there's just no other context. And so I would tell somebody, it's like, if you're not in a local church, like get into a local church. And there's a lot of great local churches out there and, and come in and start serving. And I think, I think when, when, in order to, I think it starts first too, when we're willing to serve when we're willing to serve, God then can see we're trustworthy, that he can trust us and with something where, you know, to say, I mean, like I use this to really literally something of our own that we can then take leadership. But, but I think any type of leadership or influence, it starts by serving. It starts by serving someone else and serving someone else's vision first. And, 
but it's somebody that is in a, it is in a church. It's in a local church. It's like, and a lot of times God will stir things in us. And, and then it's, it's like, okay, well, what does this look like? I'd say get somebody that's, whether it's a, a pastor or, you know, maybe a leader or a, a connect group leader or someone and share it with others and just say, Hey, where do I go from? I've got this passion. I've got this desire. How could this fit in the church? How could this, how could this fit to, you know, be a help grow the church or be an era? Because I think a lot of times, um, we don't always just have the full picture in our mind. No matter how clear a vision I might have of something, God puts us in community for a reason. He, he, he calls us the body for a reason. And so I might, I might see the picture of a finger, but without my hand, I don't know what that finger actually means. And so I think when it comes to ideas, we might have this seed idea and it's a finger, but it doesn't make sense because we don't have the fingers to go along with it. The other, the rest of the hand to go along with it. And I think that's a beauty and the power of the local church. And, and recognizing that no matter how strong this vision is, it might just be only a part or like the tip of the iceberg and that I need community, I need the church, I need others around me that will speak to that and encourage me and and help be able to um, even set out, even, even, even see bigger picture. Because I know a lot of times with vision, as visionaries, we can get so narrowed in on this one thing and we get, we get so fixated on our tree, but we forget or part of a bigger forest and how does our tree complement the bigger forest and i think that's where you know the context of local church that can help become help um and envision and insight from others that are in leadership can help bring a, a forest perspective to a tree idea if that makes sense yeah i love that i know i i, I you know, Jesus in scripture um, was talking to people and saying, you know, all the leaders that sort of exist now, they lord it over you and they try and control you, right? right. But I'm here, I'm pitching my tent with you. Like I'm creating a community where everybody will belong. So when you take this picture of the local church, yeah. if we're at all fearful to step out, you know, in influence and, you know, we're scared, like, what am I going to do? You know, people start following me or what am I going to do with this power? You're saying, just get involved in community yes. and start leading there and see what grows from there. Right. Yes. Like it's just, and, and that removes some of the fear. It does. And, you know, you may not end up like Monica Prescott <laughs> leading her church, <laughs> but you may. Right. And, but it will happen in this community. Yeah. And it's exactly what Jesus did, right? Yeah, he just exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everything he did was in the context of community, context of family. And, you know, I mean, it was the one thing, the church was the one thing that Jesus said he's going to build. Like, I'm not yeah. going to build this. I'm not going to build all these ministries. I'm going to build my church. Yeah. Like, you know, I think some, unfortunately, there's, there's, you know, there's dysfunctional church. And I would say to anybody, if that's been your experience, don't let the dysfunction of one setting or even two settings be a turnoff for the whole thing. It's like, there's marriages that break down, there's marriages that end up in divorce, but that's not a reason to check marriage out completely. And I think it's the same way with the church. And I think there's a lot of great churches out there and there's a lot of need in great churches. I mean, there are so there's, there's always going to be more need than what there are. There are people. And I think there's always, there's always room. There's always a fit. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And, you know, Jesus could have used his authority and his power right. in many ways that were not healthy, right? I mean, right. he did not, he chose not to, but he knew who he was and he knew yeah. what he was there to do, which is yeah. create this, 
this bride of Christ ready to meet him. And so I love that, that you've taken us there with this conversation. And it's interesting. Um, you and I were both in California yeah. last year and Christine Kane said, Monica Prescott is the best kept secret of Canada because you are our fireball here. And I, I see you really, you could command any platform, anywhere, anytime. That is just what an ordained and anointed gift you have. And I just so appreciate this model of servanthood leading and finding great joy in it. I mean, I see the joy on your face because you're serving the local church and the body of Christ. So thank you. So again, this closing question, if you had a permission slip and you're handing it out, what would be on there for everybody who's listening today? I give you permission to take a chance and get out of your comfort zone and take a step forward to make a difference for just one person. Okay. That was probably that's, a lot, but there you yeah. go. Yeah. That's awesome. Message well received. And we thank you. Thanks so much for being with us, Monica. And we wish you all the best in your future endeavors and church planting in Alberta. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Bye-bye. Well, listeners, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the podcast this week with Monica Prescott. You know, with all of our guests, including Monica, this few minutes we have together really just doesn't do justice to the depth and the richness of each of their lives. And I will say that for Monica, she has influenced me not only as a pastor, as a friend, but as a big idea person, as a visionary. And I sense that her voice is going to go greater in this country and be louder than we have ever heard it. She's just so amazing. I love her in every way. And She is such a visionary, such an outside-of-the-box thinker. If you follow her on social media, you would see the beautiful paintings that she does. She's got a great big presence in a tiny frame. If you didn't pick it up in my intro, I'm sure you picked it up through the conversation that really what we were talking about is answering this question, what do you need in order to influence? And... When it comes to influence, Monica says the biggest thing is simply having an others first or servant focus. And, you know, sometimes we forget that in this world of platform making and celebrity watching and Instagramming left, right and center. We forget that the focus has to be others and the focus should always be how can I serve you best. We talked a lot about confidence today, how attractive it is, knowing who you are. Also knowing who you are not and trying not to be what others want you to be. Although I love that Monica brought up a great point that sometimes it helps us to emulate others and model ourselves other around other leaders because it lets us practice some of the things that God has put inside us. And I think as we practice those out, we do develop our own strong, confident identity. I love the fact also that we talked about the fact that leadership and influence is actually caught, that you can catch it from others, others that are doing it well, others that are are speaking life into situations, um, building teams, building the local church. We watch, we pick up things without even knowing it. And I think that's part of the greatness of being part of a body. So I love the fact that Monica is so passionate about the local church, God's greatest vehicle on the planet. And when you can get involved in a local church and start serving there, that is a place of huge opportunity for growth. 
at Gather Women, we are always going to be about the local church. We want to equip you. We want to help you so that you can go back into your local churches, find your place, and serve well there. So, so excited that you've been with us on this journey. Gosh, I can't believe we're on episode 11 already. And just to let you know, the girls are planning for next season. We're going to be doing shout outs to ask you, what do you want to hear? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? But we're planning some great, great content for you next season. If you want to kind of enter the gather world that's not just virtual listening to our voices, so encourage you to join us at Gather Rise October 25th and 26th at the Meeting House in Oakville. You can go to gatherwomen.com to register. The price actually increases September 25th. So girls, get your tickets now and let us know who you're bringing with you. So many connections, so many destiny connections have actually come about by attending a gather event. If people say, and they still ask me, week in and week, week out, what is gather? I say, it's gathering because we are catalyst for gathering. And in those places, women find each other through God's appointments and deep for, uh, friendships are forged and also new initiatives are forced, forged. So I can't tell you the number of people that I've met through the gather world just by showing up at an event live and investing in that, investing in coming to this part of Canada from wherever you live, come and join us. There's nothing like being in the real same room with real women with skin on and giving each other a welcome and, and a hug. So. We just welcome you to join us and we welcome you to track with us and see how we're going and how we're growing. We recently brought on our first intern, Caitlin Tabot, and we are growing a developer program and we are really wanting to reach all the women out there who are already connected and equip you to expand your influence even more, but even find the ones who are isolated and just want the invitation to come into community we are here for you. So we are using our real voices, our bigger voices. We're using bold words and we're here with our whole hearts. We just want to give you what we sense you are needing. And that is a way to connect with other women in this nation and beyond. And we'll always be here to do that for you. We want to thank our sponsor, Mercy Canada. They have been amazing, an amazing support to Gather Women, and they will be at Gather Rise in October. And we're going to have some um, exciting announcements of where we're going to be after Gather and other things that are happening. So please stay tuned. Please come find us. Please connect with us on social media. Send us an email. I just want to thank Monica again for being with us today. She is a very inspiring woman. She is leading a great church in Alberta. And um, she, I know, is working on a couple of other projects that maybe we can announce in the future, but I would never have met her were it not for Gather. And so that's the beauty of Gather Women. So until we talk next, just dig in a little bit to some of the content, make some notes, and ask God, Lord, what are you telling me through what I'm hearing? What do you have for me in the future? Is there anything I can take away? And from Monica's uh, encouragement to us, if she was giving you a permission slip, she would just say, get out of your comfort zone and take a risk. So I'm going to tell you that too. Get out there, take a risk. You can make a difference in one person's life today. And I hope that you do it and know that we're championing you. 
So until next time, God bless. Thanks for listening to the Her Influence podcast. We'd love you to share this episode to encourage a friend and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more on the Gather Women movement, visit gatherwomen.com. For free resources, circles, and events in your area, better yet, grab your girlfriends and register to join us live at the Gather Rise Conference, October 25th and 26th in Oakville, so we can meet you. A special thanks to our sponsor, Mercy Canada, restoring hope, transforming lives. And now, rise in purpose and influence your world with real voices, bold words, and whole hearts.